Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Kroger Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Ferguson, and I'm thrilled about being on air with Ruben J. You've tuned in to On Air with Ruben J. Your home for entertainment news and deep dive conversation. Here's your host, Ruben J. All right, you're listening to On Air with Ruben J. It's Ruben J here in the studio using a little bit of a different setup. So if it sounds different, I apologize. But uh, we are working on getting back to normal. Uh, I wanted to quickly address why there wasn't a show the last couple of weeks. Uh, and it's simple. It's pretty straightforward. The last couple of weeks have been extremely busy. And when it came down to it, uh, it was difficult for me to find the time to properly record and edit a podcast. And even with this one, uh, it was a little difficult to find the proper time to do a proper intro to my episode with Leslie Ferguson. I'm really excited for it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's basically just a quick intro and the interview and then me saying goodbye at the end. So it's nothing special. It's actually really straight to the point. Um, and then next week I'll have another podcast out with an interview and we'll see where it goes from there just because the next couple of weeks are also going to be busy. Um, but before I, before we jump into this week's guest, I do want to say dollarinthejar.com is your one stop shop to, to be able to support the show in the best way possible and directly. Head over to dollarinthejar.com for less than $3 a month. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can support the podcast and support what we are doing here, as well as help us help us expand into bigger and better markets. Also, if you head over to multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon, you will be able to help the show out by doing just your regular shopping. You don't have to spend any extra money. You don't have to do anything really extra other than starting over at multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon and clicking the Amazon banner. We just get a percentage of what you buy. So with that being said, here's my chat with Leslie Ferguson. Leslie Ferguson is joining me right now. Uh, she's the author of the book, When I Was Her Daughter. It's available now. Uh, I'll give you all the details on where you can get the book here in just a second. Leslie, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, we were just chatting here a second ago about how we have some similarities in our life. Um, and I'm to talk to you about your, your book and what you're hoping people get out of this book. 
because I think there's a lot of lessons uh, out there uh, for the system. So, or for what we're about to talk about. <laughs> so, um, and, and my brain's kind of scattered right now because I'm, I'm so inspired uh, that I don't really know where to begin the conversation. So uh, I do, I, I want to start out saying, um, asking about your writing process, just in general, because you're, you are an author, um, you're working on some some stuff, you got some stuff in the pipeline. Uh, how did you get into writing? And, and what made you decide to write a memoir about yourself? Because, you know, when I think memoir, and, and this is no disrespect towards you whatsoever, but I usually think memoirs are like actors and like presidents and people who, you know, everyone has seen on TV or, or done, you know, I don't want to say something important because I know you were, I believe you were an educator beforehand, but you know, you don't seem like, you know, you're not a politician or anything like that. So why did you decide to write a memoir and what got you into writing is my, my, my first question to start this off. Um, well, you're right about that. That's one reason it's hard to get a memoir sold if you're not famous because the idea is you have to have a, a really fantastic story or your writing just knocks agents' socks off. Um, that's the main reason I wanted to go hybrid. Um, but I started writing in college, and I it was kind of an accident. I started writing poetry, and it just kind of um, clicked for me, and I enjoyed it, and it was I was able to write about my emotions and my feelings, and it was a, a great way to... Um, to utilize expressive writing as a tool to kind of deal with some of the heavier um, feelings I was experiencing. And then I became a writing major and continued writing poetry. And five years after I graduated, I went back to school and I got my master's degree in literature and my creative writing MFA. So I was just basically writing and doing mostly poetry, which turned into some fiction that was based on truth. And then over the years, I just decided that what I was really writing was a memoir and I, that's what I wanted to write. So you, you said that you, you chose to be a, a hybrid, uh, uh, you went hybrid, which it says here, hybrid publisher. Yes. Um, so for those of us who don't know anything about writing and publishing and such, and those type of things, what is a hybrid publisher? Well, there are uh, different kinds of hybrid publishers and they, they, they differ. Their models may not be exact. But essentially, a hybrid publisher is one that will help you publish your book. So the author fronts the cost of a lot of the, um, you know, takes the risk, basically. And they help you publish your book. And then the one that I'm in lets you keep your royalties. So, um, and that's Acorn Publishing. And they've been fantastic. So I'm so happy that I went that route because my other options were to continue querying agents and looking for a traditional publisher or to look at a small press or self-publish. And I didn't know a lot about the business and I realized if I wanted to self-publish, I was going to basically throw myself into a full-time job of learning this new profession and all the ins and outs. Um, but hybrid, they already know everything. They have experts that they work with for proofreading and formatting your book and cover design. And they really guide you through the process. And it's everything that they've been learning over the years and become experts at. So you can focus more on the writing. Now, you still have to do a lot of work. Um, whereas in traditional, I believe, even though it's changed, and now they say that there is still a lot of work that the author is expected to do as far as marketing and self-promotion. Um, but in traditional, the idea is that someone in 
a publisher, an editor who works for a publisher wants to buy your book and they will front the costs to publish it and you make it in advance, but you don't start making royalties until you earn enough in book sales to at least cover that advance that they paid you. And so this process is very long and arduous and even waiting for an agent to query. Sometimes I've known authors who've queried hundreds of agents and nobody bites. So I didn't want to wait more years. I'd already spent almost two decades writing this and perfecting it. So I was ready to go. Um, so in a nutshell, those are the main reasons. And I'm so glad that I went hybrid. I would recommend any author who is thinking about getting into the business to seriously look at hybrid publishing. That's so interesting how, you know, I've always thought that the only way you can write a book and publish it is through a, a traditional publisher. Uh, and it, it's really interesting to see how, uh, just how, how things have changed. I mean, right. some of, my friend just self-published a, uh, a history of a heavy metal book on Amazon. I think he sold like two copies, but uh, <laughs> I think one of them was, was me. But <laughs> it's just so interesting. That I could literally just type up a bunch of words on a piece of paper and publish it yeah. on my own and possibly sell copies. Um, when I Was Her Daughter is the name of the book, and it's it's a memoir about your life. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth because you, you've put words uh, on paper for people to read. Um, and there'll be a link in the, the description of this podcast where you can purchase the book. Um, so please go and do that. But I'm reading some of the the, the testimonials and, and everyone just has high praise for this story. And we were talking about how you and I both kind of lived a little bit of the foster life um, in, in two separate ways. I was also a, a foster child for a brief moment in time. I'm one of the, um, I'll, I'll say, blessed ones who um, found their forever home with, with the first family I was placed with. So I wasn't bouncing house to house to house like many yeah. children do. And it's a, it's a rarity that that happens. So I don't want to say that that's normal. A lot of kids spend years and years and years going from house to house to house and some never find a forever home, unfortunately. Right. Um, so I want to know a little bit about your story. Um, obviously we want people to buy the book, so you don't have to give out the, the entire story here, but give me a little bit of, of the detail. Cause I know, uh, the story, kind of captures you know the the mental illness behind you know your your mom and the process that you went through so uh the floor is yours as far as like what you want to share as as part of your story and i, and I have some follow-ups after that okay sure well the story is about my journey through my biological mother's madness and how i came out the other side and um survived my biological mother was a paranoid schizophrenic and my brother and I were at her mercy and basically running from the government. My mom believed that the government was after us and they were communists sent to destroy America. And she did some pretty scary things. I'll let you read about that in the book. Um, and my brother and I were put in foster care and we were separated and I was not in a good situation for a number of reasons. And I went to a situation that was in fact worse, even though I thought it would be better. And I was learning to speak up for myself and express how I felt and, and say what I needed. And not everybody was listening. Um, finally, this last foster home that I was in was the worst place of all. Um, and that's kind of Weird to say, I know, because my biological mom put us in some pretty precarious situations. So maybe that was the worst of all. Um, but if I hadn't spoken up and gone to this foster home that ended up being 
pretty terrible for me. I wouldn't have found the person who changed my life for the better forever. And I'll leave it at that. Um, you know that the book ends with a fairly happy ending. I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm better than okay. And um, I'll let you read it and see what the, the happy upturn in the book is. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I will say this, I, I, I'm, you know, kind of grazing the first chapter here uh, and you paint such a vivid picture of what your first, you know, one of your earliest memories um, is. And I, I'm just, you know, I, I don't want to, I just, I'm so in awe just by the, the wording here. So you're a very talented author. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your experience with, with the foster care system, if you don't mind, sure. um, you know, because my, my adopted mom who I, I call her mom because she be, you know she was the only woman I ever knew as a mom um, you know she was a foster parent for I want to say at least 20 years um, and I was I was lucky enough to see a lot of those kids kind of come and go in, into the home so I I've heard of the system and I heard how you know sometimes you're placed in a really good home that really care for the kids and really treat the kids as their own and other times you you hear stories of the kids that live with families and you think to yourself how could how could that family be approved to to foster children so uh you kind of hint a little bit that you had a rough patch and some bad things some worse things that happened to you during that process um how, how do you feel about the foster care system overall now that you're an adult and be able to look back at it and be like okay now that i've been able to think about it here are my thoughts i think that it's unfortunate that we need a foster care system. It's unfortunate that we have so many kids who, who need good homes. So I'm grateful that there is something that, you know, as a, a state, as a, a country, we try to improve on so that we can help kids who need homes. That said, I'm sure as with every government program, there are going to be gaps, there are going to be problems, and there are going to be people who 
are taking advantage of the system, people who are not as good and honest as they claim to be. So there are, unfortunately, in my experience, there are people who, as unbelievable as this sounds, I think they're trying to pocket the money they get that they're supposed to spend on the kids who they're fostering. And it's not that much money. I think, you know, I was 11 and I think they were getting a hundred bucks a month for me, if that, and that was for food, clothes, everything that I needed. And that foster home, you know, it, for a long time, I, even though I, I, I suffered in that home when I was growing up, I didn't think of it as having been, Um, a horrible thing that I should talk about because I felt like everybody has a a story. Everybody's gone through something rough and um, their abuse was more emotional and psychological. Um, They didn't hit me. They weren't, you know, I wasn't abused in some really awful ways that I know some kids are, Um, but it was, it was horrible. I was, food was withheld. I was given these rules that were just not, not right. You know, for providing a home for a kid who needs nurturing and care and guidance and, and maybe, maybe not love, maybe not every foster parent can give love, but um, there needs to be some feeling of, of happiness, of hope that the, the kid feels that they're included. And, um, I hope that as a foster care system in California, where, where I am and throughout the country, that we can continue to improve these systems for the kids. And this decision to foster shouldn't be about the foster parents. It should be about the kids. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like there are a lot of parents out there, like you said, that are in it for whatever money they can get out of it. Um, you know, I know, <clears throat> you know, my mom, she was one of those people who um, was like born to be a mother, you know, oh, she, had, yeah. she had six biological children of her own. And then 20 years later uh, she decided to become a foster parent and ultimately ended up adopting and then also had a, a childcare, you know, business wow. as well. So, you know, the, but that's a rarity in the system. Un- unfortunately, it's, it's a rarity where you find families who are genuinely in it because they want to either, find children that they could raise, you know, as their own or just provide a stable environment for children while they're there. And there, um, too many times I hear stories about, you know, people who are, like you said, skimming the system and, you know, taking the couple hundred bucks a month that they get. Cause I I think, you know, when my mom retired from doing it, I believe she was getting a couple hundred bucks a month per kid, depending on the age, um, and depending on the needs of the children. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but a lot of people can make that money, pay their car payments as opposed to taking care of the kid, right. you know? And so I, I agree with you hundred percent that the system does need to, to improve now, you know, as you know, you're, you're an adult now you're, you're in, you know, you're doing incredible work here. Um, you know, obviously the creative types take on their, you know, a lot of times, sometimes unresolved childhood dra- uh, trauma or, or just trauma in general to inspire them. Um, do you find yourself outside of just this book in particular, like really just diving deep into your childhood to find inspiration or, or what inspires your writing now that you're an adult? For this memoir, I, I had to write it. It was not going to leave me alone. 
it came out in journals and poems. And I realized writing about it as prose, um, which started as a journal entry, um, let me go back to the past, which was scary, but it provided an escape that I needed to go back, think about what happened with the perspective of who I am now as an adult after I've survived. And I think that it's created a wonderful healing tool because if I hadn't written the memoir, I would not probably have thought about my past and tried to figure out why things happened the way they happened, why it seems like maybe some of my trauma is trapped in my body. Um, so, you know, writing this book, I feel like is a, for many people, writing about the past could really help them heal. And so in writing this, you know, it was, it started out with poems and never really thought that I was going to do anything. And people would mention, oh, I should write a book. I should write a book. And I was an English teacher. So I, they probably thought, well, you're an English teacher. You can write, therefore you should write. But I had this story inside of me that was just kind of clawing, trying to get out. And now that it's out, I feel, I feel almost like everything I wrote isn't a memory anymore. I feel like it's a story. Like I wrote a story and I know these things happened and I remember them. And my experience of how I remembered it is what I tried to stay true to in the story. But now that it's like in a book and it's out of me, my relationship with it is, is very different. And I feel almost like I've graduated. Like I've, um, you know, like I'm above it now in a way that it means it's not hurting me anymore. And I hope that that continues to be true and I continue to see more healing. And I, I say that for anybody who thinks they want to write about their past as a, a way to to deal with it and to, to look at it um, with the perspective of um, that was then, this is now, how can I separate myself from it to acknowledge it and then move past it instead of keeping it balled up inside where it can continue to hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I've seen some comments on, on social media since we've we've connected, um, some, some testimonials, some people have read the book and have said how it's affected them and, and impacted them for, for, you know, in a positive way. Uh, has there been any feedback that you've gotten maybe from, uh, you know, you said you were an English teacher, maybe a student of yours from the past or somebody in your life that maybe didn't know your story who, you know, they read the book and like, oh my gosh, like any positive feedback that you'd like to share and that maybe could even inspire somebody who's listening to this to, to at the very least, begin to journal their stories. Yeah. So, you know, I have had a few people say that, you know, they had no idea that I had gone through that and I always just seemed... Um, you know, to them, as they knew me, I was a student, a, a friend, a basketball player. And um, when people pick up the book and they start reading it and they say, wow, I never knew, they do seem inspired. And I feel like they're they're proud of me or they're um, pleasantly surprised because it, it created for them a different level on which they, they viewed me, that they could see you know, underneath the surface, which is kind of ironic because I, I think this is true for a lot of people who had traumatic childhoods. Um, we live on the surface. 
we are trying to reinvent ourselves, find who we are, and all the things we can do to ignore what we went through that was so painful. Um, all those things work toward this very pleasant denial that if we can just deny, deny, deny and put our heads down and focus on whatever it is that we're good at or that we choose to do, whether it be school or music or sports or anything. And sometimes these are negative influences that people choose to turn to or that they get pulled into. And it's a way to avoid looking at the pain and looking at the past. So it's been really rewarding for me to see these people who've known me or known of me and say, you know, what, what it's meant to them to have me share my story, that they think it's brave, that I'm, I'm able to do that and that it helps them have a renewed sense of, of compassion for, for everybody, because we never know what somebody's dealing with on a, a daily basis. We never know what someone has gone through in their past. And so, um, you know, it's actually making people think about that, that you, before you judge people, you really, you never know what they've been through. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to say this, you know, because I, I, it takes a lot to, you know, write down, write this down and then publish it uh, for literally anybody to just purchase and, and read. I mean, it's really opening up a whole new level of intimacy with people that you may not know. Um, so it's a really interesting idea. Um, now the book's out. Uh, what do you hope people take away from your story? Um, you know, because obviously, you know, you didn't write the book just for yourself. You, I'm, I'm sure that you want other people to be inspired by this. So what do you hope people take away from your story? Well, I mean, there's many things, but I think I'll start with the um, ending the stigma uh, around mental illness and seeing that, you know, if you, if you know of someone or if you interact with somebody who has a mental illness, it's, important to have compassion for them and know that that nobody is just a monster well maybe maybe some people but you know in, in the case of my biological mom she was a, a a beautiful kind smart loving person and her mental illness got the better of her and it it was scary and dangerous and it really ruled and perhaps ruined her life um, so I hope that people can see, you know, children, anybody who they may see as, um, you know, I don't know, impoverished or, or I don't, I think that people, 
go out into the world and they they see something and they interpret it in their way and they perhaps want to judge it. So I hope this is a, a reminder to people to, you know, look look at people's hearts and see that um, everybody needs support. If I mean, if I hadn't had support in this, I wouldn't have gotten out. I shudder to think where I would be today if I hadn't been um, rescued the way that I was. Um, I also hope that people will, will write their stories and share because when we share our stories, we create community and we're no longer alone. And so much of the time people feel alone, especially now because of COVID and people being behind closed doors and not really getting out as much. I think that it's been hard. It's been really hard. So if people can find community in their stories and, and share and be kind to one another, um, and just be brave, be brave in everything you do. That's what I hope people take from the book. I'm, I, I told you, I'm so inspired. I just, oh, I, thank you. I really just, you know, I told you I haven't had a chance to, to dive deep into the book yet. And I'm looking forward to having two weeks off to where I can just dive in and, and read it and not have to worry about the 19 million things I got to do in a day. Um, the book is called When I Was Her Daughter. It is available now on, uh, I believe, Amazon. You can get it from Barnes & Noble. Um, you can also go to her website, uh, leslieferguersonauthor.com, for more information and, and to get in contact with her. Uh, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Um, yes. You know, I'm I'm definitely excited to see what's next for you as well. Um, I know you've said you've put some thought into what's, what's coming up next for you. Have you begun to write something uh, a little bit more concrete than just some thoughts, or are you just kind of focusing on this first book for yourself? I do have some things that I've written that I'm, I'm excited to go back to and pick up again. They've been on the back burner and just, you know, I've have a couple of short stories that I really want to get out and get published. And then I have, I have two novels I've started. So I want to pick one of those and, and go with it. Um, but I want it to be fun. I think I want to leave going down memory lane a little bit for a while and kind of breathe in this space. I do have a couple of memoirs <laughs> that I think I want to write as well. But let's see. I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And how's, how's this book doing for you? Because I'm sure, you know, being an independent, you know, semi-independent, hybrid independent mm -hmm. author. I'm sure it's difficult to get this book in front of people. Is it doing pretty well for you? Is it met your expectations or yeah, I, don't, you know, I don't want you to give me any details, but just, I, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that you ask about that. Did it meet my expectations? I think I didn't know what to expect. Um, I expected that I was going to publish it and you know, now it has its own legs and it belongs to the reader. So mm -hmm. I didn't think about, you know, sales or, or, Maybe I thought about, ooh, maybe my book had hit a bestsellers list because my publisher was talking about it. So um, it's done really well and sales have kind of dropped off a little bit, but I expect spikes here and there as um, word gets out, as I maybe start promoting it in different areas um, and do more book signings. And the more people who find out about it, if they're interested, then they'll purchase it. Hopefully they'll tell their friends and, you know, word of mouth is the best marketing. So I just, I hope the book finds whoever needs it, whoever wants it. And um, like I said, it belongs to the reader now. Awesome. And if you're interested in purchasing the book, the first link in the description of this podcast will actually be an affiliate link for Amazon. So uh, Leslie will make some money and I'll make, you know, a couple cents off of it as well. So uh, that is both of us. <laughs> Thank you.
now, uh, outside of, of writing and outside of your publishing life, I want to get to know you a little bit. So what do you do for sure. fun that, that isn't necessarily writing? Do you, do you draw? Do you paint? What, what do you do for fun? Wow. Oh, I haven't thought about this in a long time because things have changed. You know, I've been like a, I don't know, like a house mom, you know, just like in my little house. But um, I, I do like to paint and draw and I used to play sports. I, I really like to be active and work out. So I'm hoping to get back into that. Um, I love music. I was a big concert goer and it's been a while since I've been able to do that. Um, I have two cats and a husband and I have wonderful friends and family. I'm very, um, my life feels very full and rich right That's now, cool. you know? Um, I like taking long walks in the park. Like there's a park by my house that's like 28 acres and I just kind of go around and put my headphones in and I, I lose the world for a while, yeah. you know, that's kind of nice. So you're down in San Diego, correct? Yes. Awesome. I love, I love that area. I love San Diego. It's my go-to escape. When, when where are you? I'm up in Orange County. So oh, I'm up in that's Orange where I'm from. Okay. I'm, I'm from La Habra. <gasps> you are. So th- is that how you know Taylor? Probably. Um, yeah. W- are you from this area? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went to La Habra High and I taught at La Habra High. Oh. And oh. so, uh-oh, are you Sonora? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Down with Sonora. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. So, yeah, so um, huh. after I was in that bad foster home in La Puente, then I moved to La Habra Heights. And so I went to Rancho Starbucks and went to La Habra. And this is probably way, way before your time, you know. And then um, after I graduated from the U of R, I got my teaching credential and came back and taught at La Habra. And I coached basketball and volleyball. Is you hold on? Is U of R University of Riverside? Redlands University oh, Redlands. of Redlands. Okay, no, because my, my girlfriend currently goes to University of Riverside, and she's actually majoring for creative writing. So I was like, oh, wow. oh, maybe yeah. I'm, 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 I'm probably trying to connect you guys anyway. Maybe you can give her some advice and and that would be cool. Um, a little bit. This complete side note. I, I'm just it's such a small world because yeah, I know I know exactly where, what your, what schools are talking about, and I know the area. It's, it's just funny. Uh, last question here because I do want to. Um, Again, one of my big uh, proponents of the, of what I do here in this podcast is to get um, the, the people who are on the show to, to to be more known. Like, you know, obviously people know your life story because of the book, but I want them to know you a little bit a little bit more than just as an author. So, what's one thing? Let's say that that you know one thing that's always in, in your purse or your carry on bag when you leave the house, um, something that you just can't leave without. You know, for for me, it's definitely like a coupon to a good taco place. What are you? <laughs> Okay. Um, I have uh, many things, but um, two things for sure that I try to not leave the house without. One is some kind of lipstick or lip balm, chapstick. Sometimes I have like four or five lipsticks and chapsticks in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is um, uh, my own little mini pharmacy. Like I have Advil and Tylenol and (laughs) Vicodin. (laughs) I have, you know, just a little. um, I love it you know, one of those little pill things where I have all these different medicines, just in case, just you in never case. Know. You never know. Yeah, well, you're, you're never know. yeah. You're a former teacher. So you always have to be prepared for when somebody gets hurt or something. Uh, well. 
<laughs> if I I couldn't give my students medication, yeah, but I was, um, say, I was gonna say full disclosure. <laughs> I know you can't be giving your students Vicodin. <laughs> I might want to, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate your time here. Uh, again, when I was her daughter, it's it's uh, from what I've read online, it's an incredible book. I think anybody who picks it up will be definitely be blessed uh, by by reading it. Um, she's also uh, I say here it says here you have an upcoming event in March, which is still a little bit away, a little bit a little bit a, still a couple of months away. That's what I meant to say. Uh, March sixth, she's doing an author's panel and book signing down in Mara Mesa. So if you're in the area. Uh, make sure to follow her. What's your social media? What's the best place somebody can, can stay in contact with you to follow these events? You know, with, yeah. the, with the new well, COVID stuff, it might, you know, things might change, but. Yeah, well, definitely the website, leslieferguson.author.com. Um, and if you sign up for the newsletter, then twice a month, I send out updates and let you know what's going on. And um, I'm on Facebook. So it's um, leslieferguson.42 and my author webpage or my author author Facebook page is also up. Um, I'm on Instagram as at more Leslie F and Twitter, which I'm not on as much, um, which is O Leslie Ferguson. So I'm trying to be out there on social media and, and, and post and, and engage readers, writers, just friends, family, whoever is, is there and interested. So um, yeah, but I'd love to have you guys, you know, Come on over, reach out to me, and I'd love to to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, stay in line for just a second. Uh, we'll be back with more of On Air with Ruben Jay in just a quick second, so don't go anywhere. That was my chat with Leslie Ferguson. And with that being said, we are out. I'll be back next week with one more interview for you. And hopefully you enjoyed this one. We'll talk then. Bye. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.